0: Welcome back to the Homeschool Conversation podcast where we talk all things homeschool. I am your host, Ashley Davis, and today I have my son back on the podcast to talk about football. It seems like football can be a recreational extracurricular activity, but my son is here to prove to you how much he has learned through playing, watching, and studying football. So if you have a football lover in your homeschool, I encourage you to listen in on today's episode, Football Education. Okay, so Josiah, tell me about how you started to realize that football was teaching you things. What was the first time you realized that?
1: As soon as I started, as soon as I started playing.
0: Okay, and what was one of the first things you remembered learning through football? <sighs> that poetry thing, remember for that? Oh yeah, the poetry. So remember the
1: guy in the head, the guy like in those big towers, he said. Because number 40 is really slow. He's a fullback. And why is he in the halfback position is my question.
0: Right. So then when he, when you were watching that play, the commentator started using these words to describe him. And he was saying he's agile and hostile and docile. Yeah,
1: actually, I was the one I was playing as that number 40 running back.
0: Right. And so then you started asking me, what do all those words mean? And I started realizing, wait a second, Agile? Hostile and docile, those do all rhyme, but those are also words that maybe we wouldn't use in our usual conversation, but now we looked them up because they were such cool words.
1: I know hostile from Minecraft. I've learned hostile way before I started using football
0: from Minecraft. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, So we use the word hostile in Minecraft. How did you learn that word in Minecraft? What does that word mean in Minecraft?
1: Hostile means you're always attacking.
0: like a creeper they will always attack you right like you're more likely to attack and be vicious right so i just thought it was so cool that not only is he learning these vocabulary words and the concept of poetry and rhyming but also he's learning what they mean and wanting to know what they mean because of the way they're being used so vocabulary and poetry are definitely potential things you can learn in football and you can even use football to inspire some poem writing Right? because normally boys maybe won't be as into poetry, but if you had them write a poem or dictate a poem to you about football using those types of words and describing a football scene, you could totally get a poem out of your kid. Okay, so Josiah, can you tell me about some of the math that you learn in football? Because I know you always tell me how much math there is in football, and I can't understand it sometimes. Um, what would be an example of a math fact that you've learned through football?
1: My seventh timetable. Seven fourteen. 21, 28, 35,
0: 42, 49. Okay, but wait. So how did you learn your seven times table through football? What does that mean?
1: Um, Touchdowns are six points, and an extra point is
0: one. Right, so then you get seven points for each touchdown? Yes. No, a touchdown well, is six, six points, and mm-hmm. then an
1: extra point is
0: one. Right, so then you had to learn, I guess, every time they score a touchdown, you had to add that to their score, and you started automatically realizing the mental math in that. You had to do the math in your head, right? Yeah. Um,
1: Whenever safeties happen, those are two points, and I, those r- very, very, very rarely happen.
0: Hmm. So I love that you had to do that math in your head, and you're also thinking about probability by saying things are rare to happen or common to happen. What other math things come up in football? Field goals. Okay, how much are field goals? Three. Field goals
1: are the number one reason for game winners. Like, if you have a good field goal kicker like Adam Veterini or Josh Lambeau or Greg Zerline, they're really good field goal kickers. So you could, like, bleed the clock down with one second left and then hike the ball and snap and kick a field goal. Like
0: a 58-yard field goal. Right, so that's the other thing. As I hear you talking about that, I'm realizing that you're also learning about time, like how many seconds are left and you're watching how much time passes. And then you're also learning about yards. So remember when we talked about that when you wanted to know how much feet was in a yard? It was like a really long time ago. I don't know if you remember that, but that's another way that we learned math was just by you wanting to know about how many feet were in a yard. And we got a yard stick and it made me realize how much math exposure that you were getting just by asking me questions like that about things you saw in football. Okay, so besides the math and the poetry that we've learned through football, we've also learned about the history of football through a bunch of library books that we got, right? We learned about how football started and how the football game has changed over time. Do you remember getting some of those books and do you remember anything that stood out to you when you were reading them?
1: I already knew everything from the books I was reading. I was just reading them to remember.
0: Okay. I have really, really bad memory. That's not true. You have really good memory, but I guess you think you don't have good memory? Yeah. So what did you learn in those history books, or what is something you knew?
1: Giraffe. The giraffe is my favorite. Okay, so the- what? A draft is when players move to different teams, like... Let me get think of an example.
0: The Giants drafted Golden Tate from the Seahawks. Okay, so then you started learning about the way the draft system worked in the past, and then also how it's changed to now? Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Even though that's not the history gi- that kids would learn in school, I still think it's important for them to learn history of the subjects that matter to them. And it helps them coordinate time. In history like those things were happening in the 1950s in the books that we were reading so it helps them to coordinate like certain events in American history to that time period and help them to see that things were going on at the same time in history so I love those books in the library that go through the history of football and how the game has changed over time they used to have like different size footballs that weighed different amounts and they used to wear different protective gear and I guess they didn't even have as much protective gear in the past, right? Yeah, they used to
1: wear leather. <laughs> they literally used to used to wear leather, which is weird. It's not even that strong.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't protect you that well, right? Yeah, and they also
1: have, they also have, they're constantly upgrading their um chest, lip, chest pads. Like some chest pads have holes in it to let air in, so you don't get turned into a jalapeno. <laughs>
0: Right, so then that's a bunch of science too in football because you're learning about the way that your body gets protected, the way that you can prevent overheating, and the way uniforms are designed to protect you from overheating, and the way injuries happen in football, that's why you wear helmets. So all of the injuries that happen in football were also really helpful for us learning about science because we had to learn about injuries, we had to learn about how our body's protected. And those are things that touch on human anatomy and disease and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like I didn't even realize how much there is in football with science as well. Okay, so Josiah wants to talk about some of the most common injuries in football. So what are the ones that you know about, and can you tell me where you learned about these things from?
1: Okay, so if you're a quarterback, the most common injury is probably breaking your thumb. Oh. Like Drew Brees, who he, he broke his thumb because so Aaron Donald was like ten to and he hit Drew Brees' hand back. He like he he pulled his thumb
0: back. Okay. He broke his thumb. And where did you learn that fact from?
1: Um, when the Rams played the Saints in two, in the 2019 season. Oh, so you learned it on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. On the 2019 season.
0: And so, what are the other common injuries for other positions?
1: Wide receiver, you're probably gonna end up breaking your arm.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Ojo Beckham Jr. hasn't broken his arm yet. And I'm glad that because of that. Because if you look up Ojo Beckham Jr. highlights, they're really cool.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. I noticed that you like to watch Ojo. a lot of highlight reels. And if anyone doesn't know what a highlight reel is, it's basically a compilation, compilation of a bunch of videos, clips of people scoring touchdowns that really weren't expected or like really amazing plays that happened in football and they're all compiled into one like slideshow slash videos show and so it's like a highlight reel and my son loves watching these he can watch them for hours so do you want to explain why you like watching those what are you learning from them or what's going through your mind when you're watching them fun 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 right so you're feeling <sighs> I... like it's really fun to watch
1: yeah i like watching them. i'd probably like my best quarterback highlights. I think I picked Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes for best quarterback highlights. Receivers: Odell Beckham Jr., um, Randy Moss.
0: Yeah. So it's amazing Morrissey. how much it's amazing how much you can remember about all the players and what their positions are. You remember their first name, their last name, and I noticed you trying to spell certain names when you want to look up highlight reels for them. So you're also working on your spelling without even realizing that. Did you think about that?
1: Oh, Tyreek Hill is easy to spell. It's just, it's not easy to sound out, but it's short. Tyreek. It's two L's in Tyreek Hill, by the way.
0: Yeah. So I mean, talk about incentivizing spelling. He needs to learn how to spell things, otherwise, what he wants to find about the player isn't going to come up right, you know. <laughs> and then, um, speaking of players and what we learn through the players, we wanted to talk about Michael Vick and some of the things we learned through him. So what is it that you learned through Michael Vick?
1: He had the most rushing yards of any quarterback until Lamar Jackson broke the record. And they and they called him Houdini because of this guy named Houdini. He was in the 19th century, and he was famous for his escape acts. Right. So, they call all really good Russian quarterbacks Houdini.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed that you... <laughs> remembered that and then you also were thinking about all the different records that Michael Vick has set and it seems like you're able to really remember all of these records that they've set and what their records mean and like you always talk about how many yards rushing how many rushing yards and things like that what does that mean
1: rushing yards and amount of yards rushed and Drew Brees has the most passing touchdowns and passing yards of all time that's why he's one of the best quarter- – he's the best quarterback ever.
0: Yeah, like, I'm sure if we were to do a bar graph or set up a graph of some sort, you would probably be able to very easily fill in who has the most
1: – I be- I think I can name all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Let me, let me see how fast I can do it. Okay, Titans started quarterback in 2018. That was Marcus Mariota. Now it's Ryan Tannehill. Mariota's much better than Tannehill. Tannehill's, like, Tom Brady of the record season, rookie
0: season. Dad, dad said he, he was a slow dirt okay all right slow. so yeah there are a lot of things that you probably remember about football and i'm amazed at how much you're able to remember just through your passion and interest about football and i know that you were concerned because there was some controversy about michael vick and what he was doing with the dogs he was making dogs do fighting with each other and some dogs were getting hurt so i know we looked up that That was a a good topic for us to learn about. And so I feel like there's so much that goes on in the personal lives of football players that become public news that spark our kids' interest. And we don't realize how much they're learning through having that interest and passion for football. Um, Now, as we start to finish up this episode, I wanted Josiah to touch on the football game Madden. It's something that's been really hard for me. Football is still a foreign language to me, so I feel for you if you guys have no idea what my son's talking about, because neither do I. But the football game Madden is something that he's been playing a lot, and it's hard for me to let him play because I don't always understand what it is that he's actually learning from playing Madden. So I'm gonna have Josiah explain something that he feels like he's learning by playing Madden.
1: Besides stress relieving, I, I hate being stressed out. What I'm learning.
0: Yeah. So you do feel like it's a stress reliever, and then I know when you're picking the plays, you feel like you're also doing some strategy and critical thinking and planning. I you could take I took a full five minutes to pick one play. Yeah. So you're really thinking about what the outcome is going to be of each decision, right?
1: Yeah. Like if it's third and long, I'm going to call a screen. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But a screen it's a short route you just
0: run back it's like kind of like a bubble yeah so i am ordering this book called football for dummies (laughs) it's a book that um the dummies series wrote they have a bunch of different books for different subjects that break it down really easily as if you are a dummy i don't love the title i think it's very mean but I do need something like that for me to help me understand the game of football better and to show my son that I have interests and that I care about and value things that he cares about. So I highly recommend doing that for your kids, whatever they're really interested in and passionate about. Um, Show interest in some way that you want to learn with them. Something else positive that I've noticed that has come out of letting my son dive into his football passion is, I realized he's had more time to bond with my husband who also loves football. They get to play together and talk about football together and they get to throw football together. And that is really, very important time to my son. He always looks forward to that time with my husband. And besides that, I've also noticed that when he has lost in Madden or lost a game and he's feeling very frustrated and upset about that, it's allowed us to have a conversation about learning through loss. And so we are reading this book right now called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Lose. And it is a really awesome book. I'm, I'm enjoying it and it's helping me learn about how I can share positive thinking and turning losses into lessons. So even if it's not something that my son wants to listen to all the time, I listen to it and it helps me to coach him through his losses. It's a great parent tool. And I have caught my son listening in on the conversation on the, um, the book, I mean, when I'm listening to it. So I do think a little bit of the positive thinking does seep into his head and I recommend it. It helps open up a platform for talking about really important life lessons that, let's face it, our kids are gonna lose in life and it's great for us to help them develop those survival tactics and the positive thinking mentality now while they're still young. So definitely something to think about for your kids who love football and sometimes lose. That book is called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. So I just wanted to throw that title out there for anyone that it is available on Libby as an audiobook, or you can get it on Amazon. So I did order a bunch of other football books. We do order and read football books. Like we have the one called The Quarterback Rush and it was a graphic novel um, about a football player and it's about team building and just understanding that there's two sides to a story. So I recommend that book and we do have a few other football books that we have coming that go through more and more stories and facts about football. So We're trying to build as much as we can on our reading practice and reading comprehension by getting these books that are going to keep him interested. I did also get a book about Madden and how that game was started. So I will be updating you guys with my thoughts on those books. And uh, my last thought for you is... If you're not a big book reader, there are also the Audible books. And besides books, there's also football board games that we have been enjoying too. So I recommend looking up just regular football board games. There's a ton of them to choose from, and my son loves them. And I think that's everything we have to say about football. Do you have anything you want to say to parents who are skeptical about football being educational? It's very educational. It's one of the most fun ways to be educational. educated (laughs) I hope this episode has been helpful for you and so until next time this has been the homeschool conversation podcast with Ashley and Josiah Davis and we will talk to you next time